Drink deep of his presence. Drink deep, drink deep of the spirit of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because if you drink more of the spirit, you get filled and flooded with himself. You get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And you start thinking by the spirit. You start walking by the spirit. And you no longer live in the realm of the flesh, realm of the mind. Amen. Amen. And it's just an opening up of your heart to the Lord. It's just an opening up and drink deep of all that Heavenly Father is. Because he's a good dad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are good. For the goodness. Hallelujah. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. In his presence is fullness of joy and in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Because he's more than enough. He's all that you need. He's all that you need. He's all that you need. Mankind does not have the answer. They try to, but they fall short every time. The, the, the wisdom of men is the foolishness of God. Listen, it's foolish. Actually, I should say it this way. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisest man. And the, and, and the wisdom of man is, is nothing. It's null. It's this to God. There's no, freedom from, there's no freedom in the wisdom of man. And man, a bunch of talking heads all over the place. But this is the very thing that we plant ourselves in. We're to be rooted and grounded in this truth. This is the main truth. This is the truth. His word, it supersedes everything. God is not like a man that would lie. But every word that has been spoken will come to pass. It will come to pass. And that's why it's so important that we get the word of God in our heart. That we get it, that we meditate on it, that we fellowship with the word of God, that we break bread in essence. And we eat and we drink of Jesus. Because that's what happens when you meditate and feed on the word of God. And drink of the spirit of the living God. You're eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood, literally. When you spend time in his word and his truth. Because you gain nourishment through this. And you gain wisdom. You gain strength. You gain peace. You are founded. You are rooted in Christ Jesus. And there's a strength of faith that rises up in the midst of you. As you put this word, number one, in your life. Not your favorite preacher. Not your favorite teacher, but the word of God. This is where you're going to have the strength to stand in the midst of the storms. Amen. Just like Jesus said, that a wise man built his house upon the rock. And he predicated that before he said, he who observes my word and does it is like a man, a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And when the winds and the rains come and, and raise and beat vehemently against the house, it's going to stand. It's not going to fall. 
But the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. And when the rain and the tides come and everything rises, that sand washes out and the house falls and great will be its destruction. And that's why it's so important that we observe to do his word, that we lock ourselves in his truth and, and cling to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus is the word become flesh. So cling to his word, cling to his truth. His word is living and it's alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's breathing, it's active in your life. Become acquainted with the word of God. Fall in love with the word. Really, you're falling in love with Jesus. And as you're falling in love with Jesus and his truth, that he speaks his truth that's going to make you free. And you will be able to walk through every test and pass it. The testings of your faith. And the enemy comes to test your faith. He tests it with fire. You might walk through the fire. But you'll come out on the other side not even smelling like smoke. Because you stand in him. Because you lean your entire understanding upon him. Because your mind is stayed upon him. And he whose mind is stayed upon him shall have perfect peace. Perfect peace. That means the nations can rage and the leaders plot in vain. But yet you will still stand at peace. There can be wars and rumors of wars. There can be famines and pestilence of all kinds of things. But you shall not fear because your hope is fully in Christ Jesus and in his truth and in his word. For it will not return void. His word, it does not return void. So stand. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. Do not be in fear and confusion. But know that those who observe to do all that is written in it, they will be blessed. They'll be blessed in everything that they put their hands to. They will be blessed. And you will not fall short of the plan and the purpose of God for your life. But you'll rise above and you'll overcome. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We must carry great faith. We must trust the Lord. We belong to the economy of heaven, not the, con- the economy of the earth. And that is the truth. And God will provide for you. He'll take care of you as you seek him first, as you put him first in your life, even in the realm of finances. But it goes so much deeper than just the finances because he says, you know, even in his word, that I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Well, the soul can only prosper if you've fed on the word of God. As you've meditated on the word of God. First, you've got to be born again. That's the number one thing, to be born again. 
to confess him as your Lord and personal Savior, then follow after him. But then as you, that's the beginning of the prosperity of the soul. Because the soul has been made clean. He cleansed you of all unrighteousness. And you've become the righteousness of God because Christ Jesus is on the inside of you. He lives there. He's made his home within you. He even promised, he says, I and my Father and the Holy Ghost, we're all going to make a home within you. I mean, that's good news. The Godhead lives in us. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost have made their home on the inside of us. Well, how can they do that? I don't get that. Because he can. And he did it through the agency of the cross of Christ. And shed his blood. And it was his blood that was so powerful because the spirit of God was in his blood. Because life is in the blood. And it was that spirit that he was born of. The spirit of God. And the woman just provided the flesh. So when his blood was shed, he was without sin. And his sin, I mean, excuse me, his blood destroyed sin in man. And he was without it. He was without sin. So that we could be prosperous because Jesus was prosperous. When he needed to pay the taxes, he just told Peter, go cast a line in the water. Go catch yourself a fish. And out, when you catch that fish, open its mouth and you're going to find a coin to pay for both mine and your taxes. Come on now. Prosperous. Prosperous soul is that when <laughs> Lazarus was dead for four days, and he says, he stinketh by now. <laughs> he said, roll away the stone. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And here he comes, bouncing out, wrapped in his grave clothes. That's the prosperous soul. The prosperous soul is when Jesus stopped the funeral procession of the widow woman's son. And he raised him up from the dead and gave her son back to her. The prosperous soul is when he came to the ruler's house whose daughter who had been dead and said, no, she's sleeping. And they began to laugh him to scorn. He said, get him out of here. Put him out. And he told her to arise. And she arose and he said, give her something to eat. The prosperous soul <laughs> is when the lepers came to him and were cleansed. And then one came back and remembered to thank him. Amen. And then he was made whole. Amen. So not only was he cleansed, 
but the parts of his body that had fell had been restored again. The prosperous soul is the woman with the issue of blood who suffered for many years under the hands of the physicians, but only grow worse in the power of God. She said within herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And the fountain of blood drew, drew, <laughs> dried up. The moment that she touched the hem of his garment. And he, he stopped because the crowd was thronging him all over. And he stopped and said, who touched me? And they said, what are you talking about? Who touched you? You're being thronged about, about you. You've been touched. People are bumping into you. He says, no, for I perceive somebody for virtue has come forth from me. Somebody touched me with faith. And she, in fear, came trembling and fell at his knees and confessed. And she, she said, woman, he said, woman, you are made whole. The proper, prosperous soul is when he sent out the 70 and they returned with joy because demons were subject to them. He said, for I beheld Satan fall like night lightning. So do not rejoice at the fact that your name is, excuse me, don't rejoice in the fact that that demons are subject to you, but your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah. See, this is the prosperous soul. And this is what he's given unto us as believers, this anointing, this prosperity. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's the prosperous soul. Well, God is with you. And how God anointed you with the Holy Ghost and power. Hallelujah. Now, the rest is to be seen by you now. It should be who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with Rick. JJ, Tim, Sonella, Donna, Shauna. This is what he's called us to. You see, they called us Christians. It means like little Christians, little Christs. It means that we're just like him. You know, after Jesus was gone, and here, Peter and John began to work miracles. Even the man who was begging at the gate, beautiful. Alms, alms for the poor. <laughs> he said, silver and gold have I not, have none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. 
and his feet, as he reached out and grabbed him and pulled him up, his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he began walking and leaping and praising God. He went about walking and leaping and praising God. That's the prosperous soul. And Jesus said that you would do greater miracles than me. John 14, 12. It's in red. He said you shall do greater miracles but only believe. And belief and faith grow in his word, in his truth. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not just a one time hear it, but it's an over and over hearing. But it's not just a hearing in one ear out the other, but it's doing because it's the doer of the word who is blessed. So if you hear that believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, in order to see that happen in your life, you have to lay hands on the sick. And pray and command healing. Minister healing. You're not talking to the Lord, just please touch them, Lord. Now God, so sometimes he moves that way. He'll move, he'll touch people, he'll heal. Based on what they know, the knowledge of and the understanding of faith yeah. that they have. Yeah. But it's really, you command that sickness to leave. In the name of Jesus. Cancer, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. And I command healing to this body. Now you don't, he doesn't have any. <laughs> but complete healing in Jesus' name. I was using this as an example. It didn't come to me. But in the name of Jesus, you be healed and restored. Body, you line up with the word of God. You line up with the word of God and you be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, this is not what I had prepared for tonight. This is just straight up Holy Ghost, just encouragement to you that you stand upon the word of God. And when you stand upon the word of God as a born-again child of God, you have a prosperous soul. And your body has to line up with the truth of God's word. And when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Because it says, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not maybe, not hopefully. And listen, if you pray for somebody, you don't see anything happen, you keep praying. And then, and then you just keep thanking God after you pray. Even if it doesn't look like anything happened, you don't look at what you see. You keep thanking them. Father, I thank you that you've touched their body. I prayed. I prayed in faith, and I trust you. And I've seen too many healings and the power of God at work to not believe otherwise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we stand on his word. There's nothing that can stand against the word of God. 
Not one thing. Though heaven and earth may pass away, my word will always remain. It shall not pass. The word of God shall not pass away. Have faith. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. And do not lean on your own understanding, reasoning. Doubt, unbelief is really what it is. Because it's faith that pleases God. That's what pleases God. Faith pleases God. Trust in him. That's what pleases God. The Bible says without faith, no man can please the Lord. He that comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Because that's what Enoch had accredited unto him is that he pleased God because he had faith. He trusted and he walked with God and was not, for God took him. He had faith. It takes faith to walk with God. It takes faith to walk this walk. Amen? Amen. So here, I want you to see Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1. Just turn with me. Because I want to see, I want you to see the walk of faith that even Abraham walked. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's uh, Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance and Stay here with the donkey. And Abraham told the servants, The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And Abraham answered, and as Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. And when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the, on the altar on top of the wood. 
And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes. Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh or Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord provide. The Lord provide. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provide. Now, you can see in this because faith Abraham had even really at the beginning when the Lord promised him that he would give him a son. See, trust grew in relationship with Heavenly Father. That's why when God spoke to him, Abraham was like, you know what? I can, yeah, I'm going to obey. God's going to make a way. God's going to provide for me, even though he promised me. But I want you to just see this here out of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said. In Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So even Abraham just considered that he is, God will just say he's able to raise him up. That's why there was no question. There was no doubt. Now, thank God, God is not going to ever ask anybody that again. That's it. He did that with Abraham. Because it was a type and shadow of what he was really going to do and what he was really going to carry out with his own son. So there was so much provision in this than you realize because the ram was caught in the thicket. And there he named a place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provideth. It wasn't just that the Lord provided a sacrifice for them in place of his own son. But he provided Jesus Christ for us. He gave up his own son for us. A sacrifice was provided for us through Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus willingly laid himself on the altar of the cross. Just like you could see Isaac. He willingly let his father tie him up and lay him on the altar. <laughs> it's okay, it's happened before. So in Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, 
from which you also received him in a figurative sense. Built faith. So you can go back here. Go Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. Because you see, Abraham did prosper in his faith. You look at it. He says that he was, he was rich in silver. He was, in other words, he was over-the-top rich, blessed, silver, servants, uh, livestock. He kept growing so much so that the surrounding kings would be jealous of the blessing that was on him. And it also came to Isaac and Jacob as well because they continued to prosper. Why did they prosper? Because they had faith in God and they took steps of obedience. You know what's so amazing? Out of the hall of faith, which is Hebrews chapter 11, it never talked about the time when Sarah laughed. Remember? At that time, but the time when she laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She received strength. But she laughed at the Lord when the Lord told, uh, told Abraham that she was going to receive a son. And she's like, started laughing in doubt because... She says, my husband is old. I'm old. I'm barren. This ain't happening. And she laughed within herself. And he goes, you laughed. No, I didn't laugh. Yes, you have. She even tried to lie to God. And if you want to know where that passage is, you can go to um, Sodom and Gomorrah, just before Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham pleaded with God for if there'd be even down to 10 righteous, would you save this nation? He said, I would, but there wasn't even 10 righteous. So I want you to see this here out of uh, Genesis chapter 15 and verse one. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, the, the one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. But one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven. And count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. God accounted that he believed in his word. God accounted that to Abraham as righteousness. He was made righteous because of his faith, the blessing of the Lord. Prosperity comes upon the righteous man, the righteous woman. And that righteousness comes by faith, faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
and the finished work of Jesus Christ not only provided salvation for you and cleansing you of all unrighteousness, but also provided healing, also provided a sound mind for you, also provided uh, uh, that you would be taken care of, that you would never be left without Even David said, for I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. This is the word of the Lord for you. To hold on to, to understand that you belong in a different economic system. It's the kingdom of God. And this economic system transcends just natural means and finances and money, but it goes to the prosperity of your soul. As your soul prospers, so will you. So goes your life. But only believe. Then Genesis 21, verse 1 through 6, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time, um, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised, which means laughter. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, when he, he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. <laughs> Amen. Come on, and now we get the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. The same joy that she got to receive that was her strength. Come on, think about this. Titus, see this. This, those, everything that happened through the Old Testament was a type and shadow of what we were going to receive through Christ Jesus. What was promised to them, we get to receive and take a hold of. But it's all through the finished work of the cross. Jesus fulfilled it. And you get to walk in it. The laughter of unbelief turned into the laughter of faith. Come on. The laughter of unbelief turned into the laughter of faith. Amen. Come on, when you're free, you're joyful. When you're bound and constipated, you're not joyful. <laughs> Spiritual constipation. We don't need that. You need it to be flowing. So to the spirit of the spirit, you reap life. Yeah. 
If you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you reap death. That would be constipation, trying to set in and take your life. Sow to the Spirit. Sow to the Spirit. Sow to that which is going to bring life. Sow to the Spirit, which that which is going to cause your faith to grow. Sow to the Spirit. And, will, and you'll rise up and be the man that he has called you to be. The woman that he's called you to be. Amen. Now I want you to see here in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God, who gives life to the dead, he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Be fully convinced what God had promised you will fully come to pass in your life. And those mountains will move. Those things that have stood in the way will get out of the way. Because your face is set like a flint on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every bit of doubt and unbelief must go. Yes. Cast it down. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. Amen. He has a plan. And it's a good plan. It's already been written. He has a plan. A good plan for you. Hope in the future. Not to harm. But in order to walk out that plan is to seek the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what he's looking for. That's what he wants for. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the prosperous soul. You can see how Abraham prospered. And I didn't even get to the part where he was rich in cattle and gold and silver and all that stuff. I didn't even talk about that. I just talked about how he brought forth his son. Amen. What do you have need of? What do you have need provision for? You've received provision of salvation. Does it provision of strength from the Lord? When I'm weak, he makes me strong. Amen. Is it provision 
that you just need a financial blessing. You need, you need to see some come in. He will provide because God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That means every need, not just some needs. And it just doesn't mean spiritual needs. It means even the natural needs. He knows, the Heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The prosperous soul will not go without. You are prosperous in Christ Jesus. Being that you are rooted and grounded in him, you are prosperous. Just say, I have a prosperous soul. Say that a little louder. I have a prosperous soul. Because my I'm born again. I'm blood bought. And the Spirit of God is on the inside of me. And He's stirring me up to live and walk in the things of God. I have a prosperous soul. And I will prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. Amen. That's the truth. That's the truth. How many are being encouraged right now by the word of God? It's the word. It's truth that brings freedom. His word is like a hammer that breaks the rock. His word goes forth like a hammer. Sometimes it breaks the rock in the heart, but I also think it breaks the rock in the head. (laughs) Deal with the doubt and the unbelief. But we know doubt and unbelief is here too. So it's the heart. That's where that's got to go. That's got to go. The stinking thinking. It's got to be renewed. You need to renew your mind from stinking thinking. (laughs) Be transformed by the word of God. Allow your mind to be renewed by his truth. But not just his truth alone, but you're allowing the spirit of God to teach you and cause a greater revelation to come to you. Because it's not just you taking the word and cramming it in your head. It's you taking it and feeding it out and letting it become a part of who you are. It's your nourishment. If you could just see that this is your nourishment spiritually. Do you look like a little pipe cleaner? Do you come here? Do you look like little JJ? Come here. Well, skinny. Or do you or, and stand up, brother? Come over here. I've used you before last time, didn't I, David and Goliath? Yeah. Or do you look like you've been nourished? <laughs> In the spirit. <laughs> and JJ is healthy. He eats actually. He take he eats, believe me, he eats. <laughs> he likes steak too. He can pound down steak. But he'll catch up. But are you are you spiritually nourished? Are you strong? A good barometer is to test where you're at 
Is your heart ablaze and are you on fire? That's a good barometer. A good barometer is, is the words of your mouth, the things that you speak, the doubt that comes out. Oh, yeah. See, the more that you're in the word, you can catch your mouth, you can catch the things you're saying. You, you'll, you'll recognize it and you go, oh, that was dumb. I tried to grab those things back. I wish I didn't say that. You're like, ah! <laughs> God, I just call it crop failure to those bad, not bad words like that cussing, but bad words that don't line up with his truth. And you turn that thing around. And you speak, and you line up with the word of God. That's why he said, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. How do you make thoughts obedient to Christ? Well, you make them obedient to his word. You get your thoughts in line with the word of God and meditating on God's word, and that's how you get your thoughts obedient. If your thoughts are not on the word and it's truth, then, then, then you realize, okay, that I'm, my, I'm not allowing my thoughts to be in line and obedient. So I need to grab it, take authority over it. Renew your mind with the word of God, with his truth. And as you renew your mind with his word and with his truth, then watch your soul become more prosperous. Amen. Now, it's already prosperous in Christ as a born-again child of God, but the more that you continue to renew your mind, the more prosperous you become. That's why you'll see other brothers and sisters in Christ go, man, they're doing awesome. And they, they even spur you on towards love and good works. Because they're living in a higher realm of prosperity because they've given themselves over. And that's available for all of us to step deeper into that. It's not meant to bring condemnation or feel inferior in some way, but that we could rise to that. If we're being provoked towards love and good works, it's a good thing if another brother or sister in Christ causes you to be stirred to like, I gotta do more. But... Don't let it be something you try to do in your own faith and your, I mean, excuse me, in your own ability, but that you surrender to the Spirit of God and then begin to exercise your faith. That's what I mean. Amen. So you're strengthened in that realm. Hallelujah. So turn with me to Matthew chapter six, and I'm going to close here in verse. See, it's truth that makes you free. Verse 25. But actually, you know, I'm going to start. Let's just start here in verse 19. So don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal wherever your treasure is there is there the desires of your heart will be also your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body when your eye is healthy your whole body is full with light wow it sounds pretty Familiar, you know the prosperous soul, right? Amen. I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your 
soul prospers. It's very similar. So if your eye is after Jesus, looking to Jesus and his word, then your whole body is going to be healthy. Your eye is healthy and your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look to the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? So, wow, I mean, think about that. Really meditate on that. The birds don't even store up for themselves. But there's such a trust, they, they, they're taken care of. There's always food. They're always provided for everything that they need. And what Jesus was saying is that we're more valuable than in even the birds of the air. Can all your worries in a single moment add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith. So don't worry about the, these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? And he's talking about this in worry. Yeah. What are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? What will we drink? What will we drink? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Yeah. Seek the kingdom of God. Above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today's trouble is enough for today. So in other words, you think about it. Every time he says, take no thought. What you're going to eat. Take no thought what you're going to drink. Take no thought what you're going to wear. Take no thought. It's the thoughts. It's the thoughts. Where are your thoughts at? Are your thoughts about trying to figure out how you're going to provide for the family? Or is your thoughts on the kingdom? God, what can I do to expand your kingdom? What can I do? What is my part to, to reach the lost or whatever it is or kingdom building? See, when your eyes are on him, you're growing in relationship with him. You're not worried. You know that everything's going to be taken care of. There's a powerful testimony of an individual that we know that was laid off, but God completely took care of them. And I'm not going to share the testimony. We're going to actually have them come and share that testimony sometime. It's a powerful testimony on the provision of the Lord. And I'll just say this, that he's got paid way more than his previous job. Because... 
of the goodness of God on your life. You will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Keep the kingdom, number one. Keep Jesus, number one. Keep that, number one, in your life and you'll be taken care of. Amen? You will not have to worry another day about how you're going to be taken care of, how your kids are going to be taken care of. Are you righteous in this house? I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Nor his children begging for bread. So that means you don't even need to worry about your children. You know that your Heavenly Father will take care of your children. As long as you live in that righteousness that he's called you to. Now, he gave you this righteousness. It's a free gift. You didn't earn it. And he's not going to take it away. The only way that we could ever really lose that is that we completely reject it, completely reject Christ. So just go after him and live in the righteousness of which he's called you to. I mean, think about that. You have to have no worries about your provision. Now, really think about that. Meditate on that. I don't have to worry about my provision because my heavenly father knows what I have need of. Amen. And again, it goes beyond just finances. What do you need a provision for? The Lord provideth. Jehovah Jireh, he's providing for what you have need of. Whether it's a spiritual need, whether it's a, a soul realm need, something that you really need, that he recognizes that you need. If, if, even if it's, a, a, again, a financial thing that you need. Or a material thing that you may need. He knows that you have need of it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about needing it. You just start thanking him. Father, you are my provider. I'm not even worried about this. Lord, you know what I have need of. Lord, I'm not even worried about, about any of it. I just, I just trust you. I have faith in you. And I know that you're going to provide for us everything that we have need of. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, your faith can be tested at times. It can be tested. But know that the Lord will provide. I remember some of the testings we had. And you know what? We still did not go without. Yeah, it looked skimpy. Yeah, it looked, it, you might kind of felt like, oh my gosh. But he provided. Never starved. Never went without a roof over my head. God has always taken care of us. And then also blessed us. And he wants you living and walking in that realm of blessing as well. Amen. The Bible is very clear. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. What measure you meet, it shall be measured back to you again. Why does the Lord desire to have you be a giver and a sower of seed? Because what it is, is you're saying, Lord, I trust you more with the 10% that you've commanded me to give that comes with the blessing. I trust you more right now with this 10%. Or... The offering, the, the free will offering, which is the over and above. Tithes and offerings. Why It says tithes and offerings. Those offerings, anything you give of your free will unto the Lord, 
He will take care of your every need. You will not go without. And he'll provide it back to you again. And it will increase as you are totally faithful. And what it is, you're just saying, I trust you, Lord, more. I trust you more than my own natural provision, than my own, even more than your own work, your own ability to work. It's still your trust is in him. And that's why it, it's there. It's that covenant relationship. It's not that he needs your money. It's that you need to give so that you can walk in that perpetual blessing that the Lord has for you. Amen? And it, it, it's all about trust. That's what you saw with Abraham. Abraham trusted God that even if he had to take his own son, that God would raise him back again. That's trust. And that's, you know, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, whatever, you know. And you do a, no, 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 sit down, or whatever, you know. Sit down, you nod your head, turn around, sit down. There you go, thank you. I don't remember all the words, but. Come on, amen? He's our provider. And I want, and this is what's been in my spirit and my heart, to just continue to encourage the congregation in the realm of faith that you are a part of the economy of heaven and not the economy of this earth. Yes, I understand. You go out, you work a job, you get paid still with the, the thing. And I understand, you know, uh, in God we trust on our money still. Thank God for that. Um, and then different things, but still. Your, your The economy that you're a part of is heaven. And God will provide, even if he has to bring bread and flesh to you by the raven. He will provide and you will not go without. And your every sustenance will be provided for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Even if he tells you to go get a bunch of barrels empty barrels and he starts filling them with oil you know and then you just start selling all the oil come on whatever it takes God will provide it God will take care of you 